This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we've got a special guest on the podcast today. His name is Chandler Rogers. So he is the co-founder and CEO of Relay. So this is an app that helps people basically find healing in their addictions. So it could be unwanted sexual behavior, you know, chemical addictions, you know, just behavioral issues. And they do this through group support and accountability. So for him individually, and we dig into this in the actual episode, But he had many years where he just kind of felt stuck in kind of this cycle of unwanted sexual behavior. And so he kind of became passionate about trying to connect people to a support system. And he had kind of a tech app background, and that led to the creation of the Relay app. And so in this particular interview, we do discuss kind of how he got into this entrepreneurial venture. You know, why make an app as opposed to just writing a book or a devotional or doing something a little easier? And then also why focus on the group connection piece? through the app because it's very unique because there's a lot of great services out there for like, you know, screen recording or screen accountability or blocking certain websites. And again, those, those have their place, but at the end of the day, you have people that are having trouble getting into a recovery cycle because they keep getting into these cycles of bad behavior. And also because they just don't have anybody fighting with them. They don't have a group to fight with. They, they're just fighting alone. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about how his, you know, spirituality and or I say spirituality, how uh, his uh, Christian faith really plays into all this. You know, we talk about the actual app that they created itself, like how the app works, the different recovery zones and different things like that. And so it was really interesting to hear a different person, kind of a tech guy's perspective on how we're going to go at fighting addiction. But there is one thing that was very interesting that, uh, you know, because I'm recording this intro after the interview. So whenever I went through the app just to try it out, you know, before the interview so I could be familiar with it, one of the questions whenever you're setting up your account is, you know, are you male, female, or non binary. And as soon as I saw that question, I just like my eyes rolled in the back of my head. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's another one of these. And it's like, I thought these guys were like a Christian group of guys. And you know, why are they even asking that question? So in the interview that you're about to hear, I asked him about that directly and I tried to be fair about it, but then it, you know, really opened up a discussion about, Hey, what is truth? And, you know, if we're right from the beginning showing people like, Hey, we're, we're kind of letting the, leaving the door open for untruthful, ungodly things. What does the rest of the experience in the app going to look like? And so I'm happy to report to you that based on this interview and the question that I asked them, they're going to get rid of that on, on the app whenever you're setting up your account. So by the time you guys try this, because I know by the time you guys hear this interview, a lot of you guys are going to try the app out for yourself. You're not going to see that uh, come up. It's just going to be male or female. So I wanted to kind of basically put that out there and just to kind of do them a solid, like we know when we're working on a very, very important, you know, tough project, like creating an app, that's absolutely crazy and running a, a new startup company. There are things that you do at the very beginning that you just kind of make a snap decision and then you move on. 
right? You don't think about it all day, every day. You need somebody that's kind of outside of your world, like me in this case, to point out like, hey, that's really weird. Why did you allow that? Because at the time they're like, hey, we just want, we don't want to be needlessly offensive and we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. So yeah, I just put non-binary on there. And then they moved on with creating the rest of the app. And so it shows some humility from these guys. It certainly shows that they're dedicated to, uh, you know, the Christians and the conservatives that would use their app to not do something that's so needlessly divisive when a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the planet would be so offended by that binary option at the beginning to where they wouldn't use the app. So I did just want to throw that out there to you guys, but Hey, I'm not going to keep it from you any longer. So without further ado, let's get into it. Chandler Rogers. Welcome to Undaunted life, a man's podcast. Hey, thanks so much, Kyle. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. And I think you're the first person ever on this podcast to have a world map behind you. So are you a traveler or do you just like to look fancy? I'm I'm currently traveling and, uh, I'm using the office that's currently in, uh, my father's house. We're, we're here just staying with my folks for the weekend. And he, for some reason, put up this big map. He moved like 18 times before he was out of the house when he was younger, but it was all in Arizona. So maybe it was just the desire to get out of the same state. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can certainly see that. So, okay. So you do a little bit of traveling. Uh, we're going to get into an app specifically that you created here in just a second, but I want to back up just a little bit because the world of tech entrepreneurism or even just entrepreneurism in general a lot of people don't really know much about it or they think they know much they they know about it but i used to do some consulting for tech uh the the tech sector and some different uh companies like that and it's it's kind of the wild west in some ways and there's just so oh, yeah. many things to know and i mean every week you know something on your back end gets updated which could literally bring your entire company <laughs> crashing to the ground so i guess yeah. give me an idea what even got you interested in entrepreneurism in general and then specifically tech app that type of entrepreneurism yeah yeah, I, I grew up being really interested in technology. And uh, I, I remember like my senior, junior of high school, um, you know, I was like, coding seems really interesting, but my, my dad was always kind of a business guy. And I kind of got this vibe or this, I don't know, stereotype from him that, you know, if you're an engineer, you know, you're, you're maybe nerdy and that's like what you do for your career. If you know how to code, you know, that's, that's good for you. But like, then there's business over here and the two are totally distinct. I think I kind of had that impression early on, but I was always drawn to technology. By the time I got into college, I got connected with a couple guys who had kind of started their careers working for startups. And I was like, what is a startup? What does that mean? Hmm. And uh, so I talked to them. I kind of heard a similar story of, like, you know, we were growing up interested in technology, learned to code for a little bit, but realized like we could use that to go build a new product or a new business to go help serve you know, a group of people that we didn't feel like were being served very well today. And kind of that marriage of business and technology really uh, excited me. And I actually got to work for a startup uh, with one of those guys that I had talked to because I was like, hey, do you know like where I could like start getting yeah. my feet in the water? And he's like, actually, I'm just starting a new company if you want to come intern with me for the summer. So that was my first job. It was a, a startup in the moving industry. They were trying to provide a more like instant booking experience where you don't have to have people come into your house and do a survey of all your stuff. Um, it would use like your phone camera to just document all your inventory and provide a better experience. And, and so I joined their company and stayed with them for a couple years during college. And that kind of got me my first dose of entrepreneurship where I was working on a brand new product that we launched while I was there and, and we grew it quite a lot during those two years. But I realized throughout that experience, like I, I really loved working on 
technology products and building new things. Uh, but moving in the moving industry wasn't the most exciting to me, even though I moved mm -hmm. a little bit growing up. And, um, and that's ultimately where I started asking the question, well, what do I want to be spending my time working on? Okay, so we'll get there, but I want to take a slight left turn, but we will yeah. only detour for a second. So your experience that you just described and my experience that I had with the tech sector, these were with companies that were selling a service. So is software as a service or, or SaaS? And like that, that makes sense. It's like, I want this service. This is how much it costs. I choose to use it. Boom, I pay this much. But there are some app and technology companies that are free and they've convinced millions of people around the globe that there is such a thing as a free lunch, which most people should understand that there's not. Do you know much about companies that make money off of freebies, like free apps? Now, I know there's in-purchase apps, so you download the free game, but if you want like the super cool blue sword, then you have to, you know, pay 99 cents or something like that. But I've even heard about prominent, you know, Bible apps and things like that to where it's like, yeah, the reason why they can build these enormous buildings is because they're selling your data and they're mining it and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, save me from going yeah. off into yeah. the world that I'm not familiar <laughs> with. So you you tell me what you think. Oh, I, I was just going to say the, the only business model in which uh, anything is generally ever free in the world of software and tech is if they're using data for ads. And, you know, so, sometimes it's much less malicious than that sounds, right? Like I think Google has a really easy way to essentially just say like, you know, if, if I have enough users, like just display ads to them and and like pay me money for it, you know? And and so that that's a lot of option for people that are like, yeah, I don't want to charge money for the product. But then as a user, I'm just getting spammed with ads throughout the entire thing. And hmm. I personally hate that. And um, yeah, it's it's totally something that a lot of companies do is using your data. And that's probably why if you search for like a new mattress on your laptop and then you open some random app that has ads, you're going to see mattress ads in that app because they're passing these cookies, essentially your data trail around. And uh, yeah, that's how a lot of free apps get by. Hey guys, real quick, the financial status of most American families is not great. Doesn't that make you sad? It should make you sad. And this is going to blow your mind. According to a recent Gallup poll, 88% of non-retired Americans are very worried about having enough money to retire. And in that same poll, only 19% of non-retired Americans even think that they will have enough money to retire comfortably. That's 19%, not very much. So the thing is, though, the reality is much worse than that. So I've seen estimates that claim that roughly 95% of non-retired Americans are currently not on track to be able to retire. 95%. And that is only concerning savings and investments. That doesn't even account for people that are exposed to serious financial problems if they were to get too sick or too hurt to work. And God forbid if they pass away without having a plan to keep their family financially whole. It's just, it's a crazy mess. And that's why I want to introduce you to my friend and my financial advisor, Mike McCall with Bluecrest Financial. Mike can help you reach your chosen financial goals by helping you develop an overall plan to ensure you and your family's financial success. So whether it's IRAs, stocks, rollovers, life insurance, long-term care, disability income, you name it, Mike can help you with it. Now, just imagine the peace of mind that comes with knowing that you're taking proactive steps towards financial security for you and your loved ones. Think about the legacy you can leave behind, and it's really going to be something that truly reflects your conservative values and the hard work you put in throughout your life. 
I trust Mike McCall with my financial planning, so I think you should give him a shot as well. So to receive your free personal and or business financial assessment, go to the link in the show notes in this episode to book a 15-minute Zoom call with Mike. Do not try to piecemeal your own financial plan. Let an expert help you. Again, go to the link in the bio. Just click that link in the bio to get your free assessment. Well, the thing is, is like, I'm totally okay with it. Just tell me up front because I will literally do this. I will literally pick up my phone and be like, I just lost my sunglasses. Please show me ads for non-polarized sunglasses that don't suck because I know it's listening to me at all times. And it's like, okay, I'm going to make you work for me because I literally lost my sunglasses a week ago. And it's like crap, you know, for the first time in almost a decade, I'm in the market for sunglasses. And so it's like, I want you to make the the process easier. Yeah. It's like, give give me the best ones. Give me the ones that aren't going to go, go crazy because I don't lose my sunglasses again. I have like one pair for a whole decade. So it's like, yeah, let's like, let's, let's hook this up. So I'm okay with it. So, um, so you, you were doing the moving thing, uh, that app and all that. And yeah, it's kind of hard to get excited about moving, even though I'm sure there are people out there that just love moving to an extreme degree. But, um, this kind of relates to the relay recovery app that we're going to discuss, but I guess you decided that you wanted to tackle the addiction world and we'll, we'll get more into, into why, why that and all, well, I guess let's do that now. Why the addiction world? Because you could have done an app about some other hobby that you had or something else that was interesting to you, but you chose addiction. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was around kind of that same time frame of, you know, trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life, with my career, you know, leaving the house. Um, it, I think it was started near the end of high school where uh, I'd been exposed to pornography, like uh, beginning of high school years. And I grew up in a really, you know, strong Christian family, and uh, we actually had talked about growing up, like the dangers of pornography and kind of the the harm that can cause in a relationship, and you know, and trying to follow God, how that's you know often harmful spiritually. And so I, I kind of was aware of like this is something that I you know don't want to get into, but I think you know Instagram and social media were becoming kind of big at the time, and. I feel like, honestly, I, I just kind of got caught in the web without really trying to look for it. And kind of looking back at my younger self, I feel a little bit sad that that it was kind of that scenario. And the more guys I've talked to, I think a lot of people never really want to get trapped in uh, cycles of like, you know, unwanted sexual behavior. It just kind of, you know, becomes a thing one day. And, and by the time I realized kind of what was going on, um, I already felt trapped. Like my first attempts to kind of leave it behind, just, you know, white knuckling, just sheer willpower weren't really effective. And I continue to find myself turning back to it. And I remember just feeling like so much shame. Like I had this desire to, to go and, you know, be someone in the world. It, again, this was at the time where I was like, you know, what do I want to do in my career? And, and I'm excited to leave the house. I was the oldest of five kids. Um, and, uh, you know, being young and having a lot of goals and desires and um, excelling in school and sports, like I, I felt like I could achieve what I wanted to. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm failing over and over at this one thing that no one knew about. And that created so much shame within me and just feeling like, man, I'm a terrible person. And like, I'm not at all like the man I'm trying to be. And I just let myself kind of believe this narrative that I think was really um like harmful for me. I, you know, I just didn't, didn't really give myself any sort of, uh, I think respect because of that. And I think it it really ate at my self-confidence, made me feel worse. And I thought, you know, you know, someday, like if this is still a problem, like no, no girl's going to want to marry me, like, you know, all, all these thoughts. And so 
I think it did propel me to say like, I want to do something about it. And, uh, and so I, I found like a, a local group based program for other Christian guys, uh, like young adult age. And I started getting connected there. And through that experience, I, you know, just to summarize kind of my journey, essentially learned how important it is to not fight this alone. Um, and I love what you guys do here on the podcast and fighting away darkness and, and pushing away darkness in all areas of life. I think learning that that is really hard to do when you're pushing solo and having other guys who are in the same boat and realizing that they are, they're good guys and they, they've got good goals and good desires too. And they're not terrible people like banding together with them and figuring out how do we help each other push back this darkness and, and find the healing that we're looking for. That was everything to me. And that ultimately led to later, you know, the early ideas for, for relay. Okay, I really appreciate getting into that because that's kind of a personal story. But the thing about your story, Chandler, is that's a story I've heard before. That's a story I've heard before a lot. Because if you talk really to any guy, whether they grew up in a Christian home or not, they kind of fall into that. And I mean, the statistics are absolutely damning. I mean, it's something around, you know, seven or eight out of 10 men use pornography. One out of every three women use pornography. And the numbers are the exact same inside the church. And so the, the interesting thing for you is, okay, so a lot of people have that same compunction and same draw to not want that lifestyle, but they're looking to the marketplace for things that can potentially help them. Now I am very much so a white knuckle guy because at the end of the day, it's kind of like, uh, if you want to get better at doing pull-ups, you know what you need to do? You don't need to read a lot of blogs about pull-ups. You don't need to right. read about, you know, how, how your bicep connects to the shoulder and all that. You need to ha- get on the bar, we'll hang there pull-ups. and then try your, try to pull yourself above it. And that's why I tell people all the time is like, you want to know the best way to stop looking at porn, stop looking at porn. But again, I'm kind of a crazy person and I do have some, some very disciplined wirings and things that I've done. Most people are not really wired for that. So you decide that you're going to build an app to help people and kind of check some of the boxes, like what you kind of talked about where, Hey, you're not in this fight alone. You can be a part of that. So why do an app? Why not just write a book or write a devotional or, you know, partner with some other organization that's already doing it? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, I looked around and saw a lot of organizations and, and books, uh, you know, and, and seeing a lot of people having, you know, their philosophies on how to successfully, you know, find healing in this area or just like how to quit porn or how to do recovery. And everyone had, you know, their manual, their playbook and their coaching business around it. And, you know, my, my background through college was not a PhD in psychology or uh, as a trained therapist. And so I wasn't, you know, interested really in going a more traditional route and writing a a book with my unique philosophy or I I didn't feel like I had a unique philosophy, to be honest, like, Mm. you know, kind of like what you said, I I think I realized like there's a lot of information out there about this stuff. At the end of the day, I realized like there are fundamental skills and and systems that really help uh, break compulsive behavior cycles. And the thought kept coming to my mind, like technology felt to me like it was at the root of the problem. And I, for a while, kind of hated technology or I wanted to like, you know, have nothing to do with technology because it felt like the problem. And I realized that even though it was like in part the vehicle of, of where the problem was happening, uh, technology doesn't have to be the bad guy. And like, what if it were part of the solution? What if it were the good guy to help make it easier to develop that self-mastery? And so that, that was kind of where we thought, you know, it, it's not a program. It's not 
you know, our unique take on recovery. It's like, what if there was just a tool in my pocket on this device that we all have these days and, you know, the modern era that made it easier to stay accountable, to implement those systems, to manage kind of the, the various things that I might be tracking as a part of that process. And uh, it just looked around and saw like nothing that I felt like was really that useful in that area and said, you know, I have background building apps, like, let's go, let's go after this and let's go take a stab. And so we did. And early on, like the product was pretty bare bones, but our, our approach has always been like, let's, let's get guys using this if they want to and get their feedback on what would make it easier for them to develop that self mastery, to hang on that pull up bar and to do the hard work. Like people sometimes look at relay and they're like, Oh, so it's kind of like this, like mushy support group. Like we're just going to be here and like tell each other that our lives are hard. Right. And like, um, I think a lot of people are surprised that that's not actually the case. And that's not what helps you in a group environment to do recovery. Uh, it's really a lot of personal work. That's hard work. And, uh, we want to create the group environment that makes it easier to stay consistent, easier to stay accountable while you do that work that's necessary. So you said a bunch of things there that, that I love because that's kind of my thing as well. Like when I was first, uh, you know, made aware of this in my head, I have to evaluate things so quickly. So whether it's a, a pitch for a book, you know, an author to come on the show or a video that I'm watching that I'm potentially using as educational material, it's like I can't waste a lot of time on stuff that's kind of too fluffy or that's kind of, you know, vapid. The thing that was interesting to this is it was like a technology way of connecting you with other people that can actually assist you in what you're doing. Because, you know, we've, we basically talked about porn uh, up to this point, but in terms of what I understand about the app, you help guys that are, you know, have unwanted sexual behavior, acting out sexually with porn, but also eating disorders, smoking, gambling, substance abuse. There, there were some other categories I can't remember off the top of my head. And also there, there are other things out there that are good that I've talked about on the show before that are, uh, accountability softwares or, you know, uh, screen recordings and different things like that. But whenever you set up an account, because uh, I was able to kind of set up an account because I wanted to check it out for myself, there are several different questions that are on the questionnaire. But question eight of the, the first 11 questions or so is, is spirituality, religion, or God important to you in working through this challenge? So, Obviously, this is a Christian men's podcast predominantly. Most of the people listening to you right now are Christians and conservatives and things like that. And so I, I was happy to see a question like that on there. But how does the answer to that question affect the in-app experience, if that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Er early on, you know, we, we felt like it would be important to find ways to match people with others who would be a, a good, you know, team. And team was kind of this word early on that we kind of honed in on not not group because team to us implied this idea of we're actually working together towards something towards a common goal like in a sports setting where we're all like playing the same game and there's a, a role that we need to play and we want to put you on a team of people that are you know seeing the world and seeing this journey in a similar way to you and all of us who, who founded relay we, we all grew up christian and are you know still active and um, our faith is really important to us um, but we realized, you know, there might be people who don't share that value as strongly. And we actually want to just help people like get to the appropriate group of people that are similar to them. So when you say like, yes, uh, spirituality, religion, God, you know, whatever is important to me, we're matching you in a group of guys who are also uh, faith based. And we're we're actually working on some changes to even further customize it from there. And 
you know, maybe by denomination, if that's important to you, or in the experience itself, there isn't a lot of customization where we, the app, are, because uh, like we don't have uh, like our own curriculum that we're teaching in the app. So there's nothing kind of uh, in there that we're adjusting to be more or less uh, Christian. But you know that you've got an environment where we can talk openly about how our faith plays a role in this process because I know that we're in a group of other guys who kind of think the same way. Okay. So there is one thing that I, I'm not happy about asking this, but it's in the app. So I got to ask you about it, Chandler. So I, I didn't like this whenever I saw it, but when I was setting up my profile, one of the questions was, uh, are you male, female or non-binary? And so to hear, you know, from a Christian group of guys that create this app, and then they put a category, you know, of self-identification that aligns with nothing that we see in scripture, certainly nothing that we see in biology or even nature. That struck me as very odd. And to me, I know a lot of guys, even in my audience, they're going to maybe go through that setup process and just see that question and be like, oh God, here they are again. Like they already got Paw Patrol. They have all the universities and now they got this app that I was planning on using. So Give me the, the, the background on that because my obvious suggestion to you would be like, get rid of that. It's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Was there any thought or, or questioning behind that? Is it just within the technology you're already using? G give me the skinny on that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you asking that question. I think it's a totally valid question, to be honest. One that, you know, we when we first started the app, we didn't sign up and realize like, oh, we're going to have to, you know, figure out how to like, you know, take take the stance that we align with best on these different issues and um, that it, on the one hand, it's like, man, be, being someone that's just trying to do good in the world, having to even like get, you know, questions like this or to think through this, I feel like on the one hand, the natural man of me is like, that's, that's like annoying. I wish I didn't have to think about that because it doesn't matter like one way or the other. Um, but on the other hand, I think it is important. Like there, it's an important question. And I think really early on, we had some people, like I said, we had a lot of non-religious, non, you know, people of totally different backgrounds signing up for the app and, uh, and, and, you know, just had male and female on there and, and had, you know, like a lot of platforms get backlash for like, you know, why aren't you being more inclusive here, you know, for people that, uh, feel like those definitions should be expanded. And we said, you know, is this a hill that we want to die on and fight right now? And really, I think it was more just like, a. um, we don't have a lot of time being so like, we were doing so many things at that time that it was almost like not super intentional L literally just a month ago. Cause this has now been a few years. We're like, you know, th th this is something that we don't really uh, think makes sense for us to keep in the product. And actually by the time people probably listen to this, they actually probably will, will see it not in there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a timely question that you ask Cause it was more of like, you know, this kind of ended up in there because those people reached out early on and we just like, didn't want to be perceived for better or worse. Like, I think it was kind of like, you know, was that a strong thing for us to do? Like, maybe not, you know, like to just be like, we don't want to get backlash. So we're just going to like, you know, do what makes like the most amount of people not mad at us versus like, you know, what, what would we actually want to do? So I don't know if that's a good answer. Trying to just be raw and honest, like it, it not, not a full reflection either way of like, you know, me trying to be, you know, my best, but just realizing like, you know, we, we do make mistakes, whether, you know, in any area of like running this company, we, we can address it, we can iterate on that and ultimately do what, what makes sense. 
Well, I'm sure you would agree with the statement that small things can be indicative of larger things and can can communicate larger things. And so uh, my encouragement would be for y'all to kind of have a, a come to Jesus on that, because again, if that's the first thing that people see whenever they get into the app, it it betrays a worldview because even a lot of Christians, they, they've bought into this nonsense of like pronoun hospitality. Like, okay, I know the person in front of me is a biological male, but they're, they've got a dress on and makeup and they're asking me to call them Shirley. Okay, fine. I'll call you Shirley, whatever your name is, but I'm not going to refer to you by feminine pronouns because now you're making me a liar. And so <clears throat> I think people are always worried about being offensive and that's not really something I worry about much. And they're worried about not being seen as inclusive. Whereas the reality is, is the people that are going to be so offended that you asked a question that didn't have their little extra pet category in there, that those are people you probably don't want using the app anyway. And that's going to be such a small percentage of everyone trying to, to, you know, trying to find recovery. Cause the thing is, is you know, this to be true because we're about to dig into the app, you know, big time. If you're not, leaning on truth within the app, like if you're not leaning on truth in your road to recovery and sobriety, like you're fooling yourself. Like imagine if you convince yourself, like you just got through looking at porn, but then you convince yourself, no, I didn't. I'm self-identifying as somebody that definitely did not just look at porn. It's like, okay, like that, that, that is, it doesn't work. So does that kind of make sense? Like from a commercial perspective on the customer side, why that would be concerning? For sure. Yeah. And I think it's a good lesson of like how that, that importance of seeking truth is relevant in any context. And and I think, you know, being, you know, young entrepreneurs and like learning that lesson of we need to apply this quest for truth just as much in our commercial endeavors as we do in our individual lives and how to do that. Like, I think, I think that's a great point that, that you're making. And it's been a, it's been a cool experience for us. And I think that that's a wonderful note of encouragement for all of us in, in our jobs, in our home lives, in our community, like we should always be helping advocate for truth. And I, I love that perspective. Very good. Well, we won't belabor the point any further than that. Let's actually dig into the app. So it's always interesting to be able to talk to someone who actually created the thing when you're doing the thing. So somebody goes into their app store or whatever people call it on the Android and they download the app, they set up their profile. How does the app work? Like what, what is the optimal way to use it? Yeah. So, so we match you with that group and uh, everything, I guess, in the experience is about that group of, you know, six, seven or eight other guys. It's pretty tight knit um, where we're trying to help you guys do recovery together, like we were talking about earlier. So you'll first set up a personalized plan for what you want to be accountable to. And we're kind of using a framework that's based on um, some research that's been done in, in the addiction recovery space where you're not just tracking, hey, I don't want to look at porn, but we're also helping you identify what are the boundary behaviors or the, the behaviors that might lead me down that path, whether it's staying up too late at night or scrolling social media or going someplace in town, I probably shouldn't swing by, like um, kind of customizing those boundary behaviors and being accountable to that layer and then further out, we have kind of this layer of self-care, which uh, is kind of rooted in the idea that oftentimes we are turning to these behaviors to cope with other things in our life where we're neglecting our relationship with God or our relationship with our family or our significant other or our physical health. Um, and so setting goals to be a more healthy person in those areas, um, you know, for me, it's like my kind of morning time with God and my physical exercise that I often ditch when I'm busy. (laughs) Um, Like those are things that when I do them, I'm in a much healthier place to manage 
the stressors that I experienced to not turn and cope with unwanted sexual you know, behaviors. And so we help you customize and personalize that plan. And then you're in this group where you can kind of like the default is have that vulnerability and visibility to see what everyone is working on. And we're, we're pairing you with people who are also trying to overcome pornography and, and acting out in sexual behaviors. But, uh, you know, everyone's plan might be slightly customized to them. So the cool part is like each day I'm doing my check-in to report back on how things are doing. And you can actually tap in and see just an update of, of how everyone else is doing when they check in. And uh, we've had a lot of people say that one of the most powerful things is just knowing that someone else is going to see that check-in and care about it. And this is different than like if you use Covenant Eyes or maybe like a screen accountability software that blocks, um, you know, inappropriate sites. The accountability that's happening there is purely on your internet activity. Whereas in Relay, we're actually helping you focus on like specific goals that you're focused on. And I think a higher level of accountability to your game plan uh, that that's where the accountability is happening in your team. So that, that's kind of an overview of like how the system works. And then we, we have a tool to like help you identify when you are feeling triggered. Like, you know, I recognize, oh, I'm tired. I'm feeling anxious. It's been a long day at work. Uh, it'll help suggest to you to throw a red flag. And that red flag is kind of just like a quick little SOS button that lets the other guys know that you're not doing well, or you're in a more vulnerable place. And we've seen a lot of people find that that red flag is like the biggest thing that's helping them prevent uh, relapsing and helping them actually reach out when they need it the most. Because how often do we pick up the phone, you know, in a moment of temptation yeah. to someone that we can trust? We, do, we don't do it. And so we're trying to give that one click, easy access for, for people in your group to actually be there and, and you can help be there for them, which is also, I think, a huge part about it is turning outwards. And it's not just people are going to come and help you here in this app. It's actually you have, you've got other guys too, who like are, you know, working on their stuff and you can help be there for them. You don't have to have you know, figured out how to be perfect before you can support others. And I think that's a huge principle of, of how we better ourselves. Okay, Chandler, you brought up a lot of stuff there that I want to dig into, but there's one thing I want to talk about specifically first. So in the group that you're put in, is there anyone in the group that is actually healthy? And, and the reason why I ask that, so healthy in whatever way that you define that in terms of that particular addiction and its relationship to sobriety. Okay. So I remember years ago, this is probably 14 years ago now, 13, 14 years ago, when I was struggling with porn and masturbation and all that. And that was basically, you know, when I kicked the habit, I went to this group and I remember walking in and there's, you know, a bunch of guys at this table, a bunch of guys at that table, a bunch of guys at that. And they're like, Hey, just pick a table and sit down, which by the way, guys, if you're looking to build a men's ministry or something like that, that's not the way to do it. You don't just sit down at a group of guys that you've never done anything with that you haven't accomplished anything with that. You don't know who they are. You're not going to trust those people. You're not going to reveal yourself. So sidebar over coming back to the point. I sit down at this table and these are guys that came every week, every Tuesday night to this recovery group. Right. And they went around the the little circle and this guy was like, well, you know, I made it two days without looking at pornography. And then I looked at it and blah, blah, blah. And then the entire group was like, hey, man, that's great. Let's try to make it three days next week. And then there was this other guy that's like he was a sexual deviant. Like he would just meet random strangers in the parking lot of the pharmacy that he worked at. And he would just bang it out with these randos every single day. And this is a guy married with kids. And he's like, Hey man, I made it, you know, through one shift at work without, you know, meeting up with somebody. And I'm sitting there like, 
what in the hell is happening right here? Like all these people are basically <laughs> saying, hey, this is okay behavior. Great job. You made it eight hours without sticking it in somebody that you didn't know five minutes ago. And I was like, this is terrible. Nobody in the group was healthy. And also there were no standards for these yeah. men. And I was like, I was so flummoxed by the whole thing. So that kind of is the reason why that that idea came to yeah. mind. So in these groups, like, are there standards? Are there healthy men there that are like, look, this is so far in my rear view. I don't even think about it anymore. This is your fight right now in front of your face. Here's how I can help. Kind of give me the idea of that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that that we're actively kind of experimenting with is called the, the anchor program. And that's for guys as they're becoming healthier and developing a lot of sobriety and, um, you know, putting this past them, helping them join a new group to kind of ensure that we've got someone always in the group that, that kind of you know, is in that place. And so that we've seen as we've been starting to do that, that's just a newer thing in the last few months. Like that's been really helpful. I think a lot of guys love coming in and, and seeing, having, you know, someone that's been both in relay and in their own kind of recovery journey a little further down the road and, and around the block for a bit. Um, but, but yeah, I think like from a relay perspective, these, these aren't like being run by therapists because we wanted to keep the cost model a lot more affordable. And so one of the things we're trying to do is help the person recognize like this person that you just pointed out, if you need like a higher degree of help, like relay probably isn't the place for you. If you are struggling that severely, you probably need to be working one-on-one -on -one with a clinically trained uh, professional. And, you know, that's just my subjective opinion, but uh, like who relay is trying to serve is for maybe guys who are a little bit more in the middle of not, you know, on that uh, severe of the deep end, but, you know, still struggling, but, uh, like we, we want to help route people who are in a extremely unhealthy place out of the groups, because that's not going to help everyone else in the groups who are maybe a little bit more here on this other side of things. So that's constantly, I guess, a formula that we're experimenting with to try to figure out how do we better, uh, identify, you know, when someone is like clearly like struggling deeper than the extent that makes sense for relay to help them. And we should like refer them out. Um, that's just another one of those things that we're, you know, constantly experimenting and figuring out how do we, how do we do better at. But I think for the vast majority of people that come into Relay, like that, that personalized recovery zone is where we help set those standards. I think a lot of people have found that like knowing that the standards are also around your boundaries and around your self-care really keeps the bar higher where we're trying to say, hey, like it's not really good enough if you're just like not looking at porn for a couple of days, like we needed to be, be developing healthier patterns of behaviors and of your mindset that will really keep you far away from the edge. And I think that's, that's something that we'll continue to emphasize as we make improvements to the program. Okay. So you mentioned recovery zones there and you've mentioned that a few times. So I actually wanted to read these because there are three parts as you guys define it in terms of your recovery zones, or I guess you could call them three circles. So mm -hmm. if you think of them like what is that concentric circles? Is that, you know, the ripple yeah. effect or is that, okay, I can't remember the, the phraseology, but there's yeah, they're like nested, nested that's right. circles. There yeah. you go. So inner circle that defines your sobriety, the main compulsive behavior that you want to abstain from completely. So abstinence. Then you have the middle circle that outlines your boundaries. So that's behaviors that may not be inherently, you know, quote unquote, bad things, but have a tendency to lead to inner circle behaviors. So that's the boundaries that you've been discussing and then you've got the outer circle. So that's all about these healthy behaviors. So that's habits that will help you better manage 
your self-care and navigate the the stresses of life. So why focus on it that way, inner, middle, outer? Why not just focus on the specific act of acting out? Mm -hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, the why behind this isn't fully, you know, my ideology. There's been a a lot of research around this, but specifically with that outer uh, layer of healthy behaviors, when we focus on being a more balanced and whole man, we, we become the type of man that doesn't need porn to get through the day for lack, right. for lack of a better way of explaining it. Like right. it goes back to why do people turn to those things in the first place? There's always a reason that's not just you're too weak, um, which is partly why, I mean, the answer isn't just like be stronger often. It is, well, be stronger in the right areas because there's a reason that you know, your armor is failing you and you're, you're leading back to this area, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're running yourself into the ground with your, your job right now, you're working a lot of hours and that's something you can't avoid and you have no healthy way of managing the stress. And so you continue to turn to poor eating habits and pornography habits and, you know, whatever, because those things in the, in the brain neurologically, uh, give dopamine that helps escape pain when we feel like that stress, that anxiety, whatever it is. And so the more we can be balanced overall in our lives, the, the more that we are developing healthy habits spiritually and physically and mentally and in our relationships, um, it's not that we'll never have uh, triggers. Like it's not that we'll never feel stressed or tired. Like I, I feel those things plenty and, and life is, you know, hard. We're expecting our first baby here in a few months and I'm already anticipating like, you know, life is about to get really crazy trying yeah. to be the CEO yeah. of this startup. And I'm constantly trying to help a lot of guys in my personal life too. Like I still text like dozens of guys a day, like, you know, around this issue to kind of be their accountability partners and help them out. And I'm like, you know, I got to make sure that I can still stay kind of in a grounded and balanced place uh, in these different categories of my life. Because if I overextend myself in one area, um, I create vulnerabilities that, that make it harder for me to manage the things that might crop up. And so that, that's, that's really the reason is like, you know, we're human beings and our brains, when they experience that stress and pain, are going to look for ways to feel less stress and pain. And if we have healthy ways of managing that, uh, we don't need to turn to unhealthy things. Yeah. So this is going to seem like I disagreed with what you said, but uh, just now, but it's definitely not the case. So guys follow me here. So, cause I can already tell there are guys here that are, that are ready, ready to try out the app. They, they want to kind of get in there. So guys, if you are a little bit more like me, you, you're like a high standards, high discipline type of guy. And, and you want to do those types of things, take that same attitude into your relay group. Like it's, it's that attitude of no, 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 no. Like, Everybody else in your life is accepting these low standards you've created for yourself. We're going to hold ourselves to a higher standard because, again, these groups, in order for them to work properly, have to have a personality of their own. Sometimes they're going to take the the personality of the natural leader in the group. Sometimes they'll kind of be the average of everybody in the group's personality. But my encouragement to guys that are using the app, because I'm sure there are people in my audience that are using it already or are about to start using it keep those standards as high as possible. And and here's kind of leading into the next question, because let's say this is a physical group. Cause again, you're creating a digital environment for this, which is fantastic. But let's say you're in a physical group and maybe it's a work group. Maybe it's a Kiwanis, maybe it's a, an actual recovery group. And then somebody stops coming, right? So Bob, Bob was here, you know, every day for, for three months and it's been three weeks and we've seen no Bob at that moment there should be three or four guys that are reaching out to Bob, like, yes. Bob, where you at? 
you're you, either something's wrong, you're on a really awesome vacation that you forgot to tell us about, or you know there there's something else that that's a that's a rise. So help me through the process of so you've got someone in your group and they kind of check out of the app, right? So maybe not literally, but you know maybe they stop posting or they sure. stop checking in on anybody else. How does the community reckon with that? Because like. Do they have their numbers outside of this group? Because if they just delete the app and then all of a sudden, you know, Bob's missing, like how, how do they pull this guy back in? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, like the first step is being able to have visibility to know like, hey, we haven't seen Bob in a while. And, and so in that group area, if I can see like, oh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen Bob check in, you know. Um, that, that's step number one. And we're trying to actually help make it easier for guys. Cause often most guys are not very good at the skill of, of reaching out and knowing when to reach out and how to reach out, which is okay. Uh, like that they don't know on their own, but they need to realize that it's important. And so we're trying to help them understand, Hey, I'm using the app right now. You should reach out to Bob. He hasn't been on the app in two weeks giving that cue to me and the easy opportunity with like a button and a place to like send a message um, that will like go in a direct notification to him. That's like one example of how we're trying to make it so that three or four guys can take that step and really reach out. I think the groups that we've observed uh, have had the most success in the app are ones where you see guys really seizing those opportunities to not let others slip through the cracks. And I, I felt like, back in the day, you know, in groups that I was in, that was a role that was super meaningful to me. And I found that it helped me more when I was really trying to almost like, you know, watch out for the flock and be like, you know, I feel like this guy might be struggling. He hasn't said something in a while. I know the last thing he said was like, he's going through something really tough with his wife right now. Um, I'm going to shoot him a direct text and just like, see how he's doing. And sure enough, you know, he responds and isn't doing well. Um, and so trying to help make that an easier, more natural occurrence is is a huge part of, of what we're doing in these groups we've also made it so like um there's like a little friendly nudge button that you know if guys don't do their check-ins if i click that nudge button it just sends like a little i mean it does like a little fun animation of a little paper airplane being sent off and basically like sending a notification saying hey chandler chandler sent you a nudge come in and check in when you get a minute and that's more maybe for the use case of you know maybe it's just guys are starting to get lazy or they're getting busy. And it's like, hey, we have a high standard here of showing up and checking in with each other and staying on top of reporting how our recovery zone goals are going, whether they're going well or whether they are not. Um, making it easy to have that high standard is something that that we do care a lot about in Relay. And I, I love that you brought up that concept of high standard. Well, let's talk about the future of the app, because with all these different apps, it's not just the way that it looks now. It's the way that it's going to look in the future. I'm sure y'all are already having meetings about features you want to add or ways that you can streamline. So what does the future of the app look like? Yeah, well, well we started by really understanding that we, we need to make a tool that's approachable for people. Like we felt like a lot of people weren't going to these physical groups in person because they were kind of nervous about, hey, I've been struggling 20 years with this on my own. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, scared to take that leap to go in person or, or to show my face. And so Relay today, like you can stay as anonymous as you want. And we're, we're trying to find that balance, Kyle, of like, how do we help draw guys out and like help them have a high standard and realize like you got to be vulnerable if you're really going to make progress here right. and you got to be committed, um, but still make it approachable enough that, that we can get guys in the door and get them taking the first steps. 
And so everything is like chat based in the app where you don't have to hop on a meeting essentially to stay connected with your group seven days a week. And we found a lot of people have appreciated having that seven days a week connectivity, whereas a lot of meetings are just, you know, we meet once a week and then the other six days I'm on my own, which often is a recipe for where I, you know, derail a little bit. But uh, we're probably going to add, you know, a way to have that higher touch you know, live meetings that I think is a really critical piece because once I'm in the group and I'm comfortable, I know that this is a, you know, a group of guys that I can trust and we're developing that relationship, uh, giving them the ability to have higher, higher touch, like connection is something that I think is really important. So we're going to be adding stuff there, um, potentially also adding the concept of like one-on-one, like sponsors and accountability partners, because right now it's all focused on the group. I think, uh, I think for a lot of people, you know, it's hard to always like, be a hundred percent, uh, open in a group context. But then if you have kind of one person who you can connect with one-on-one, like it's sometimes helpful to be able to utilize that space. It's a tricky balance for us trying to figure out like, how do we not just like dilute the value of the group that we're trying to focus on when adding these other elements. But, um, I think there's probably a way where, where we need to make it so that you can have deeper one-on-one interactions while still having, you know, kind of the core group. Um, and being able to opt into more uh, high touch, you know, high interaction groups if you want that. Or if, you know, you're in a place where you just want just want a beginner's dose, um, that's where you can start. But but letting you, you know, opt into more is kind of the principle that we want to double down on. So it sounds like y'all got a lot of plans. That's going to require a lot of coding, which uh, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to do that because I think I would just take a jump off of the tallest building in the neighborhood. But uh, man, I really appreciate you letting us dig into all that detail in the app and everything, but that's all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? I I mean, maybe the last thought that I would share, you know, this is all something that I started working on because I was that kid, you know, who felt like, this is really defining me becoming a man and, and limiting who I was as a man. And I, I really do think that uh, we need to work together as men to help each other be better. I, I think that's a sign of strength, not weakness. And so the kind of final thoughts I, w- I would give is, you know, if you have been working on something alone and this has been, you know, the darkness that you've been pushing on solo, uh, don't do it alone anymore. Find other guys who, want to be better, who understand the importance of God in their life and, uh, and help each other, help each other be successful. Like that's, that's huge. I can certainly co-sign that Chandler Rogers. Thank you for coming on, on Daunted Life, a man's podcast. Thanks Kyle. Thanks for having me. See ya. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my time with Chandler Rogers. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. At Undaunted Life, our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So the link I've got for you today is a link to the Relay website, so you can check it out for yourself. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And also, we want to thank the band Holy Name for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is their song, Perpetua, which is off their self-titled debut album on Face Down Records. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.